Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another podcast, Last Man Standing with myself, Nigel Mann. First of all, thank you for all your calls, thank you for all your emails, thank you for all your good appreciations, and all your sort of welcomes and five-star reviews on the podcast. So who have I got with me today? Let me have a look. I've got Mark Hind. Hi, Mark. How are you? Hi, Nigel. How are, you? How are you? Yeah, fine, thanks, Mark. Yeah, very, very, very good. Yeah, yeah, very, very busy and very, very good, which is great, yeah. Excellent. So first of all, Mark, for those people who don't know Mark Hind, tell us a little bit about Mark Hind. Tell us about sort of professionally and personally. Who is Mark Hind? Okay, well, I've been a hotel general manager for 23 years, most recently with Holiday Inn. I managed four of their hotels, including up to January the 3rd of this year, the Holiday in London Mayfair, which closed for a big redevelopment. And hence, I found myself with a little bit more time on my hands. Uh, I also have been a charity fundraiser, most specifically for Wessex Heartbeat, over the last 18 years. And we've raised about £150,000 for them. And I'm also an avid sportsman. I, I play cricket. I'm the player chairman, actually, of a local cricket club uh, in the Hampshire Leagues. And... I'm also an avid Southampton supporter for my sins, so that's me. Oh, and I'm married uh, for 20, 28 years, two children who aren't children anymore, aged 26 and 22. Okay, Mark, that's, 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 that's great. I certainly won't hold it you being a Southampton supporter, I must admit. Be, being, a, be, being a Birmingham City supporter, I think we don't deal with your league anymore. So, so you know, I'd, I'd love to talk about the Premiership, but uh, yeah. quite clearly, yeah, let's, let's move on, let's move on. <laughs> Okay, so Mark, I, I, I guess what we want to talk about today is basically that we both share the beloved hospitality industry, you know, and we both share that industry, both in GMs, both in regionals, and you know, sort of sort, sort of grew up in that operation. So, I want to talk to you about resilience and leaders and how we basically get to the next phase of the pandemic. Yeah, so just just talk me through that. Just talk me through a little bit of sort of you know what are we looking for? What's the new phase and how, how is it looking? Great question, actually. I, I, I think before I answer the question, uh, I think it's important to get some context as to what a number of our leaders in this industry have been through thus far, because they've had to show incredible resilience to manage their businesses in a lot of cases very differently from what they were before throughout uh, the pandemic this year. So I think important to stress how resilient our colleagues have been thus far and I think it's going to be a, a, a very different phase once the vaccine comes in once as we've seen the anticipation and hope for the future that a lot of our businesses whether they're hotels pubs or other areas of hospitality could get back to normal or near normal quite quickly so I think there's going to be a need for a different level of resilience. And, and perhaps I could share with you, you may have come across a guy called Bruce Tuckman. And he's a philosopher who, in 1965, produced what I call the ORM process. And you'll be familiar with this, Nigel, I'm sure. The forming, the storming, the norming and the performing. And I think what our colleagues have had to do over the last year is form new ways of working. They've had uh, new teams because they haven't had the vast number of people around them that they've had before. They've had to adjust to having uh, smaller teams with restrictions around uh, 
uh, adapting to safe space, to adapting to PPE, all these sort of things, which in, in a lot of ways has meant that the next stage, the storming, has been quite intense as they've had to adjust to a completely different way of working and, and dealing with different guests. I think some of our colleagues have had to house the homeless. Some of our colleagues have had to house NHS workers. So the whole way in which hospitality ran before has completely changed. So, so the storming phase of Bruce Tuckman's uh, model has meant that getting to norming has probably been quite a challenge. And certainly from a performing point of view, our businesses just haven't been performing. So, so I think when I relate that to resilience, we're going to have to do more forming now as we go into the next stage. There is going to be even more storming. And what the storming produces is the need to tough it out. And that's, I guess, my interpretation of resilience and being strong in adversity. And, and, and I think so many of our colleagues have had to be strong thus far. And maybe the thought might be, well, do you know what? Things are going to get better and things are going to be easier. Nigel, I don't think they are. I think they're going to be even more challenging. And therefore, our leaders have to be even more resilient than maybe they've been already. Yeah, I think you're quite right there, Mark. I think, you know, the hospitality industry is, has totally changed, hasn't it? I mean, you know, um, you know, lots of smaller teams, as you say, you know, doing a lot more and different challenges. And I, I, I think we've all seen that, including myself, you know. Uh, through hospitality but let me just take you back to resilience because i'm quite interested in that so so how has it helped you in your in, in your sort of your personal life but how has it helped you professionally mark well i i think there's two aspects to that first of all my own hotel career as i'm sure yours has hasn't been without incident and i think our industry it, it leads itself to some quite difficult challenging situations and um, I think I remember one I was running a hotel in Basingstoke and we had two employees who clashed and to cut a long story short because it's quite a juicy story actually one of these colleagues actually murdered the other so that's as extreme as it can get and I was the general manager of that hotel and I had to deal with the incident I had to deal with the reaction and emotions of the workforce. I had to deal with my own emotions. I had to deal with the press. I had to deal with hotel closure for, for a short period of time and a redeployment of staff and, and, and booking out business. So that really tested my resilience. And I, I've had a hotel fire to deal with and any number of other situations that are probably quite unique to our industry, probably in my case, fairly extreme if, uh, if that, the one in Basingstoke is anything to go by. So that's probably from, from a professional side I've had my resilience tested. But from a personal point of view, our, our son Alexander was born with very serious congenital heart disease and went blue and breathless after five days old. And that culminated in his 22 years of life. He has now had four major bouts of, of open heart surgery uh, to improve what was a very, very complicated heart condition. So my wife and I and my daughter have really been tested as a family 
but most importantly, so is Alexander. I mean, poor, poor chap. He, he's not only had to go through all this physical torment, but it, 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 it could have affected him mentally as well. But this young man actually plays cricket. He opens the batting in a Hampshire League cricket team. He's got a pacemaker, but he, he carries on. He plays golf. And, and uh, most recently in lockdown, he ran a 10K from nothing and raised uh, about three and a half thousand pounds for this Wessex Heartbeat charity. So I guess I get a lot of my resilience from, from him, from, from the strength of our family unit, and again, from my professional experience. Yeah, I mean, I mean Mark, I, I, I've sort of, you know, lots of instances in there and sort of professional and, and, and personal, you know. And I guess as GMs, we, we, we see all these sort of, you know, see all these instances of sort of, you know, you mentioned murder. <laughs> Gosh, you know, I, you know, we see all those and fires and stuff like that. And I always say, Mark, you know, perhaps I should write a book, but uh, yeah, more of that goodies later, more of that goodies later. I know we're going to sort, sort, sort of talk about that. But what I want to talk to you about, Mark, you, you mentioned vaccine there and sort of hopes and sort of, you know, sort of fears. And as we stand in the hospitality industry at the moment, as we stand today, sort of, you know, where we sort of 7th of December, um, we've just basically got football stadiums back up and 2,000, 4,000 people. And the vaccine rolls out tomorrow, actually. Yeah, you know, so vaccines in the country, guys, mm. you know, and, and there's lots of hopes there. So I, I guess we were looking towards next year, 2021. 2020, I think, is the year where people just, let's just face it, we've binned it. We've, you know, it's been an awful year. But let's look at the positives. Let's look at basically 2021. So, Mark, what are your hopes and fears for 2021? Well, let me start with the fears, because I've only got a few fears, and, and my hopes certainly outweigh my, 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 my fears. My fears are, are probably more around the fact that things could get worse before they get better. Yes, we've got this lovely sort of sunrise on the horizon, which is the vaccine and, and, and all that being rolled out. And of course, there could be challenges in executing the rollout of the vaccine. I mean, there's 66 million people in, in the UK that have got to be vaccinated. And we've got to start with clearly the, 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 the aged, the most unwell. So it's, it's a massive process. So I, I, I fear that it could all take a little bit longer than they're talking about getting the world back to normal in the spring. That may not happen. Conversely, my hopes are that we will get back in play by, by, by the spring. And actually, I think our industry could come back very, very quickly. Because I think not only in the UK, but I think in the world, people have been locked up proverbially for so long. We've all got this insatiable desire to get out and about and, and enjoy the things that we've been denied uh, the opportunity to enjoy for so long. And whether that's visiting your local pub or your favorite restaurant or going away to a hotel in in the lake district or going up to london hopefully to see a show because the entertainment industry is back to normal or, or even getting on a plane and flying over to europe to spain to italy to portugal all these venues that, that, that we've been denied the opportunity to go to for so long and i just think people want to break and they want to get back to those things that 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 uh, have, have created their normal habitual lifestyles. So, so my hopes are very much around the fact that we will get back to normal pretty quickly. That said, 
and, and, and a little bit of a carve here. We've got to be in our industry. We've got to be prepared for that. And we can be maybe too busy worrying about the present and, and, and dealing with the situation at the moment. And don't get me wrong, it's still serious. There are still people getting infected. There are still people perishing from this terrible virus. And, 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 and we should never forget those things. And we need to make sure that we're, we're, we're planning, we're looking ahead, we're preparing to be really busy. Because where we've got uh, a workforce, and it might be a small workforce at the moment, it could be people that are still on furlough, maybe mentally aren't prepared to to what they've been doing before. We need to recognize their mental health. We need to recognize that some of these people may have suffered from the virus themselves, they may have had friends and family who, heaven forbid, may have perished from the virus. So I think there's a myriad of things that we need not just to prepare for technically, but some of the, 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 the softer things that as leaders maybe we've neglected in the past, uh, whether that's around diversity or mental health awareness or, 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 or just showing more affection and proverbial love for our teams, we need to be concentrating on those things even more now than maybe we ever have done. Mark, that's absolutely great. I mean, you're quite right. I mean, basically it's all about teams. It's all about great leads and diversity and change and those people pivot into new revenue streams and you know, all, 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 all those sort of goodies. But I guess that's great for the future. I'm, I'm going to take you back, Mark, because, you know, quite clearly we've all been in lockdown. Yeah, you know, and it, it's very rare that i used to get people on my podcast and they they've done something absolutely great i mean for me it was cycling and you know sort of losing weight and that sort of thing but you've written a book and i've got it in front of me here i mean just for the podcast it's a nice shiny book with you know looks like one of those sort of flip over sort of you know um calendars you get and the title is 50 days of lockdown by mark hind first of all sir what, what's the book about yeah i want to know what inspired you? What was the process? Yeah. And what takes you from sort of hotelier to author? Just talk me through the book. Well, January the 3rd came and I had time on my hands. And I, all I was thinking about was improving my golf handicap and maybe taking a couple of months off and getting back into the industry, maybe back in London. And I had some things lined up potentially for April, actually. And of course, we all know what happened. So April came and went, and that time that I had on my hands continued. And as we went deeper and deeper into lockdown, I actually thought, this is quite an unparalleled situation that we're in in our lives, and maybe it'd be a good option to write a journal. So uh, because our lockdown was as a family last year, when Alex had his most recent open heart surgery, as well as sepsis that nearly killed him, and a mini stroke, we were in hospital with him for about three months. So that was our lockdown last year. So we thought in lockdown, albeit it's mild incarceration, we were gonna make sure we got the absolute most out of it, to almost give Alex back the summer that he never had last year. So I, I did a journal of some really simple, basic things that we did each day. And, and, and Nigel, we had a blast, an absolute blast, not forgetting, of course, why we're in lockdown, but we had great fun. And, and so I documented this stuff in a journal day by day. 
uh, from the point at which Boris said, you must stay at home on March the 24th. So I had, I had that data. I had uh, data from the Times newspaper uh, with the facts and figures and the chronology of what was happening each day, uh, coupled with the underlying story of triumph, which was Alex declaring on April the 13th that he wanted to run a 10K on the anniversary of his last major open heart surgery, which was May the 13th last year. So between April the 13th and May the 13th, we undertook training to build up to a 10K. Now, Alex, he's got a pacemaker. He could barely run the length of the cricket pitch when he was batting. He had to have a, a runner on most occasions when he was batting. So he could, he could, he just couldn't physically do it. So to undertake to run a 10K from nothing, the guy could barely run a bath. So it, the, the, the book is a, a compilation of our uh, story in lockdown as a family, of what actually happened in lockdown. You know, Captain Tom, Boris getting ill, VE Day celebrations and the underlying triumph and story from, from what Alex has been through, more or less from birth, up to completing on day 51 of lockdown, completing this incredible 10K challenge. Uh, and that didn't come without its challenges in, in its own right, but that's what uh, the, the underlying story and what inspired me to write the book. And actually, I wasn't gonna write a book, but my wife, um, was the one that actually said, what are you gonna do with all this data? And I said, I'm gonna write a book. She said, well, no one will want to read that. So I thought, well, I'm gonna write a book anyway. So I've written a book, had it published. And yeah, I think it tells a great story. And hopefully in all the despondency and despair of lockdown, that Alex's story above anything else will inspire people who maybe are in difficult situations to overcome adversity because he's had to show amazing resilience himself. Mark, that's absolutely great. I mean, inspirational story from Alex, you know, running a 10K and, you know, you, 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 I'm inspired by that. I know that. I'm, I'm just going to read you some, some. Some people say lockdown was a time to forget. For the in for the in family, it was a time to savor, and I think that sums it up, doesn't it? You know, it's just you know, guys, it's a journal. Uh, I'm sort of reading through it. Um, it's a journal, basically, fifty days lockdown. It's also basically a good one uh, for a few years time that basically you can look back on and say, what did we do? I can't remember what we did yesterday, Mark. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if the truth be known, um, you know, so quite clearly, it's it's it, it's a great read. Fifty days of lockdown. First of all, Mark, how do we get all to you? How do we get all the author? Is 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 the email address I can get all to you? Yeah, so my email address is mark with a K, M A R K dot ind, I N D, one nine six seven or nineteen sixty seven at gmail.com. And, and what I would say also, Nigel, the, the, the other reason for writing the book, um, a percentage of uh, the sale from the book is going to Wessex Heartbeat and Charity because, you know, where Alex is the story or the underlying story. I don't think, I think it'd be wholly um, inappropriate not to involve Wessex Heartbeat in, 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 in the development of the book and the idea. So we, we are donating for every book sold to Wessex Heartbeat. Wow, okay, a, a great book, some great content and, and, and some money going to charity. So 
Obviously, it's on Amazon. It's basically 50 Days of Lockdown by Mark Ind. If you go and yeah. pop that into Amazon, uh, it will come up. Mark, what's the ISBN number, just in case people want to go to war zones or stuff like that and, and, and basically ask for it? What's the, what's the ISBN number? So ISBN hyphen 10 colon 18385398383. That's 18385398383. Mark, just to, just to give you that extra plug, basically it's 50 Days of Lockdown by Mark in. Markin, thank you very much, sir. You get some golden content in there. You know, some, some great talking about the hospitality industry, which is all important to us. Uh, we hope and pray that Pike can get back to some kind of normality in the future. But Markin, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Nigel, thank you so much for having me on. No problem at all. Absolute pleasure. Mark, thank you very much.